Hi, I'm Callie. I'm Clarissa. And I'm Isha. And we're Best Buds. Hi guys, and welcome to this week's episode. This week we wanted to talk about something that we've mentioned in many of our previous episodes, as it's had a pretty big impact on our academic career and personal mindsets. This is going to be kind of a long episode because there's a lot to dig into. <laughs> so let's get started. That was not a great pun. But to start off, let's just define what prestige culture is because I was looking it up and I couldn't find anything. So I honestly think we made it up. Um, so let's just give like a kind of overview first and then we'll get into more specific details as we talk through it. So I feel like at its very core, prestige culture is like, comparing yourself to others, right? Like either looking down on yourself because others seem better than you are or like boosting your own ego by looking down on others like subconsciously. And like in a more concrete way, I think this is like basing your self-worth off of what your resume is, like your grades, what school you go to and what you do in terms of like academics or extracurriculars. Um, so some examples are like um, really valuing prestige in terms of a college name or even in our high school name, like we'll talk about later. Um, and like competition and extracurricular activities and generally just this culture where everyone's just try to do the most and be the best, you know? All right, I think it's important to note that it's not like people are comparing themselves in terms of character or in other ways. It's like comparison in terms of more superficial things like you said, like college name or like even in the workforce, I think like what company you work for, I think that, that can also be an example oh, yeah. of what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. So let's just go over like the RMIB environment since we all went to the same high school and I think that's for me at least that's definitely where a lot of it came from. <laughs> um, so yeah we all went to Richard Montgomery High School and within RM there was this I'd say selective group of students where we had to test into this IB magnet program so the IB program itself um, starts in your junior year of high school and then finishes in your senior year. But we tested into like a pre-IB magnet program where we started our studies in ninth grade in preparation for the actual IB diploma. And this um, magnet program, um, it's really common in Montgomery County. Um, there are other magnet programs uh, like Blair, where we'll talk about Montgomery Blair High School a little later and then Poolsville High School. So students would test into these programs and even as young as elementary school. And it's a really common like um, thing for students to do in this county at least. Mm -hmm. And for the RM culture, like whether or not it's toxic is kind of debatable because like you mentioned Blair, um, that school, from what we've heard, of course, not, none of us have gone to that school, but from what we've heard, it's also pretty toxic. But at RM, there's definitely a lot of academic pressure and everyone's kind of like the type A go-getter. Um, so there's a lot of competition, like even if it's not explicit, I feel like it's a very underlying sense of everyone's um, competing against each other. And compared to Blair, which is more focused on STEM and particularly math, you know, it's, I feel like the RM competition was a lot more subtle and like implicit rather than explicit, just because it's not as easy to compare like a math grade, you know, but we were still comparing things like experiences or internship leadership positions. Right, like I remember having conversations with people where we'd be like, oh my God, like so-and-so just got uh, like leadership in this club. And then I would remember like groaning over it as if like that it affected me in some way, even <laughs> though like it didn't because I wasn't even in that club and that wasn't like affecting my life, but it just felt like, oh, like they have something. So I'm falling behind. So like there was that underlying competition there. Mm -hmm. And I think it, in Blair, at least from what I've heard, like the competition aspect of school was a lot more explicit. I feel like at RM, mm -hmm. people weren't outright about feeling competitive with each other, but it was, it, it was more like self-inflicted pressure, which honestly I think is worse in some ways because it teaches you to build these mindsets around competition mm -hmm. and accomplishment and success. And that can almost be more toxic in a way, I feel. Mm -hmm. 
especially because it's so hard to like get yourself out of those mindsets like we'll talk about a lot we'll talk about that a lot (laughs) yeah so I remember one of our friends posted on their finsta a while ago I think this was after college decisions came out in like that weird limbo period before summer started and after um classes ended in senior year and she said something along the lines of like my whole life I've been running but I have no idea what I've been running towards and this whole idea that we were talking about with the toxic mindset of self-inflicted pressure um we've sort of been conditioned to treat life and school as like one big race where when you aren't doing what people next to you are doing and more than that you're falling behind in some way yeah, that really reminds me, Chris, of what you said a few episodes ago about like the ILS kids. And it's funny how that the, the culture still carries into that program as well, where you're looking at everything everyone else is doing and trying to do literally everything else, even if it's like combining the activities of multiple people and you're trying to take on all that as one person. Right. I also think that what Isha says like relates to how I've been feeling a lot. Like, you know, like in high school, I felt like I was running towards like this idea of a good college, but like, I didn't even really know what school I wanted to go to or why I was running towards this like idea. It was just like what I'd been taught that was like the best for me. And then like, once you're in college, like, I don't know, I feel like there's this like running towards like a good job, but like, honestly, I don't even know what I want to do with my life yet. So what am I running towards? Yeah. I feel like a lot of times, especially in high school, the goals that we set for ourselves, at least for me, like getting into a good school or then later on in college, getting a good job, whatever that means, like those are very like superficial goals. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it wasn't until I really started to think about why I wanted those things that I realized that's not exactly what I wanted. Saying that getting into a good school, like if I just get this internship or if I just get this acceptance letter, like my life will be perfect. Like that's, that's not necessarily what, what's going to make you happy. And I feel like it's, it's really difficult to make a distinction between those superficial goals, like getting into a school and then actually figuring out what you're passionate about, what you like to do. And that, that just like the difficulty in making that distinction is I think inherently tied to these mindsets about what, what success looks like. And for most of my life, I thought it was getting into a good school and doing something life-changing in like a very superficial way Mm -hmm. so I don't know like I feel like for college personally I feel this pressure of prestige culture less even though it's definitely still there um and I guess one example is like you know in the business school I don't really enjoy the culture that I've been getting because I feel like the business school like really pressures students to like go into accounting or consulting and then your your job is like go to Wall Street or get a job at one of the big four and it's definitely like first of all it's something that I just like don't like so uh, I'm glad I'm not like trapped in that in that endless mindless race again but I do think that like in college whether it's just me like personally like my personal journey or just a more open culture I feel like there's definitely a lot more like searching for what you want to do and what you're passionate about and I think that's part of the reason why I mean we're going to talk about this later how we're trying to move away from mm-hmm. these mindsets and I think part of the reason why especially our college experiences have been trying to focus on what we're interested in and what we're passionate passionate about more than like a mindless race is because we were forced to to struggle with these feelings and thoughts earlier, I think after our college admissions process, mm-hmm. which again, we'll talk about later. I keep saying that, but <laughs> it's a long episode, so bear with us. Um, before we talk about that though, let's go back a little bit and talk about the development of this mindset. Yeah, so this mindset has definitely been very normalized in magnet culture, like we talked about with RM, but also I've been in magnet slash GT school since fourth grade. So I didn't even realize how deeply ingrained this mindset was until I went to UMD and then I had to confront my own biases because I suddenly realized like, why am I looking down on myself and why am I looking down on other people? And like, that's Mm -hmm. not okay. 
So like it really forced me to realize that these things are like bad and toxic to myself and to the people around me. And yeah, definitely we, we had to confront all those feelings like once we were no longer in like the special quote unquote program. And there's definitely a part of like being in RMIB or like other magnet schools that was part of our self-esteem. And you know, like when I would introduce myself to people from other high school, I'd be like, oh, I'm at RM. And they'd be like, oh, wow, you must be smart. And that was like definitely very validating. And there was definitely some like, it was feeding my ego and my self-esteem. Um, and personally, I didn't go to a magnet middle school or elementary school. So I kind of entered this culture in high school. But even before, like, I still felt it just within the Asian American community too. Like from a young age, you know, parents are prepping their kids for college, sending them to Kumon, all that stuff. Um, and I do think the parents and adults really do feed into it, even though like, especially at a young age, but I think as we get older as well, we also put a lot of that pressure on ourselves like we were talking about earlier. And I think within like the Asian American context, it does have a lot to do with like our parents' immigration or like this American dream and the model minority myth that they've been living, um, a focus on education as a means of like upward mobility and financial stability. So even though I understand, like I kind of understand where it's coming from in, in the context of the Asian American culture as well. Yeah, and like going back to what you said about, um, you know, like the self-esteem and the intelligence, I feel like before when we went to RM or like even like when I went to other magnet schools, it was like when you talk to people, like your intelligence was like already an established factor. And then once I went to UMD, like suddenly it felt like I had to prove that I was smart again. And I think that's like another thing that's been driving me in college, like even now. And even just thinking about it, like, from a young age, I was like that teacher's pet, you know, I always tried hard at school, I was like, well, the good, quiet little girl who was always reading, and I would get like a lot of praise from other parents or from my teachers, and that was, I, I feel like that was like the roots of like feeling like I was special, you know, and that, that definitely feeds into it as well. And I think there's a lot of good things to be said about the magnet programs, like it is a there challenging is, program, yeah. it is good, um, especially with the whole like PTA and parents trying to abolish the magnet programs in Montgomery County, but I think it isn't without a lot of criticism, and mm -hmm. I think that comes from the fact that you're grouping these kids together, and you're basically telling them every day that they're special, and they're different, and they're <laughs> better than the other students in the school. Like, I went to a magnet middle school, too, and we had these names for kids who weren't in the magnet program, and that just was, like, a normal yeah. thing, and I know Clarissa can definitely um, relate to that. Um, but when you're you're told like most of your life that you're special and you're different and you're better, like that it, it becomes difficult to to get out of that, you know. Mm -hmm. It's definitely very ego boosting, self esteem mm -hmm. boosting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. So I feel like prestige culture definitely played a very very large role in the whole college abs process. Mm -hmm. A very very large role in that. Um, one example is like going back to the idea of like parents kind of pushing this onto us. The parents really cared a lot about college apps, like even if they didn't know um, who's. Um, and I remember like all these different parents would come up and ask like where everyone in my school was going and like where this kid is going, where that kid is going, even though they barely know the kids or even their parents. And it's kind of just a way of like ranking, I think, and like. For the parents, it's also definitely ego boosting if the kid like goes to a good school, you know, so it's kind of looking for that validation. There's definitely a lot, a lot of focus on like the Ivies as like this prestige, this prestigious, like, I don't know, this haven, this ideal that we're all looking to get into. And like the whole idea of like HIP, which is like Harvard, Yale, Princeton, as like the top top tier schools and then looking down on other ivies like brown or dartmouth as like fake ivies even though like isn't ivies like nothing but like sports it's a sports conference yeah yeah so there's like <laughs> like everyone knows that it's a sports conference and there's no real meaning behind like ivy league but it's still so like vied for you know right it's about that name like mm -hmm. i mean this isn't about like an ivy necessarily but we have a family friend and he was applying for college like the year after I was and so we were talking and he was like oh well actually like my like favorite school would be U Michigan but I'm early decisioning Johns Hopkins 
And I was like, wait, but why? Like, if you get in, like, you have to go. But I think, like, a lot, a part of that was about the name and, like, the prestige that you do get from it. Mm-hmm. And like we said before about, like, this mindless running, you know, when I was applying, I, you know, applied for all the top tier schools, but I didn't have a favorite. Like, I didn't know why I was applying to any of them in particular. It was just kind of just doing it because it was something that I was supposed to do, you know, and it, and it was something that I wanted to do as well. I think that idea of like the name brand school, you can sort of think of it in terms of like consumerism too, because mm. that, and that idea of having like branded shoes or branded clothes, like you pour money into looking good for other people. And I feel like that, like in, in the in the context of college admissions, you're pouring time and effort and energy, which can be synonymous to money in that sense, in order to what? Look good for other mm-hmm. people? Like that's really what it is. So And like this definitely fed into a lot of things throughout high school as well. Like, for example, the extracurriculars that you did and there was kind of a lot of drama over like leadership positions like that was unnecessary um but even now when I'm looking at some of the kids that are still in high school and they're making all these clubs and things and they're I can you know you can tell how how worried they are about getting into a good school how focused they are on college apps and you know it's of course understandable because I was in their shoes but it's also kind of sad you know now that I'm a little bit more distant from it Mm -hmm. right it's like a fixation but like it's a fixation Mm -hmm. that blinds you to everything else so that you only focus on this one goal but I don't know I don't even know that a lot of them know why that is their goal you know it's like what we were talking about with like the running blindly thing yeah Yeah. and there was a huge focus of like thinking you had to do all these different activities for a college app and you were doing it like you know for for myself, at least, I know a lot of the extracurriculars I did were at least partially motivated by wanting to put it on my college app because it would look good on my resume. And so the end goal was to get into a good school, you know? Yeah, right. I remember um, like talking to my dad in like sophomore year being like, I need an internship because this will help me get into college. Like it wasn't even about mm-hmm. like, I need an internship because I want to explore like a new field. It was like, I need an internship because everyone else has an internship and it's going to look good Mm. and I mean like I ended up enjoying my internship a lot but I think like the motivation wasn't pure at first Mm. yeah yeah I think also you know all those like videos that people make on YouTube like how I got into this school and my stats and extracurriculars and I've been seeing some on TikTok as well and I'm like sorry I just exposed myself please cut that part (laughs) (laughs) And it's like one one person saying that you need to be well-rounded and then the next person saying you need like a spike or a point or whatever that is. And it's like people are being pulled in so many directions that I honestly pity like the kids who are so wrapped up in, in college admissions. And I pity my old self for being that like person who was so wrapped up in college and college admissions because the growth that I saw in college when I wasn't so fixated on that I know some of that could have happened in high school if I wasn't so like hyper focused on something Mm -hmm. that wasn't even that important like I could have grown into someone that I was like proud of in high school but that had to wait until college when I finally had some clarity in terms of like what I was doing in high school that was wrong and why those mentalities Mm -hmm. were wrong I feel that um but like yeah with college apps I know for all three of us after after those apps came out um there was a lot we had to deal with emotionally because we were going to UMD instead of some prestigious school and I feel like this was definitely very prominent in the Ivy program because so many people like were going to really really great schools and you know people are very accomplished and that's that's part of like why there was so much competition but it was definitely a very rough time (laughs) right because seeing everyone else going to these like top tier schools and having their high school experience essentially validated like I felt like I didn't receive the same validation yeah and I think that was like rough on me Mm -hmm. yeah I remember when 
I found out that, you know, I didn't get into any of the IVs. My mom came into my room and talked to me and she was like, you're always very modest and you don't like to show off, like, which is usually a good thing. But like this time you hit all your accomplishments and your talents and, you know, nobody recognized it. And that like, that like really stung because I was like, no, I worked like so hard, not only on my college apps, but throughout high school to like get into those good schools. Right. Um, so I felt like, yeah, I felt like she was implying that I didn't do my best, but I know that I like put in all the effort that I could. And you're right. Like there was that sense of validation that was missing. It was like, I was, I, it was this sense that like I had worked so hard throughout these four years, essentially for not, for nothing, you know, which was definitely like a very toxic mindset. I know. And like what your mom said to you, like also kind of goes back to the idea of like college acceptances defining your worth, Mm -hmm. like as if you were somehow lesser, like your effort was somehow lesser because you didn't receive like an acceptance letter from like Harvard, Yale or Princeton. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I think acceptances are honestly pretty random. Like not to say that people who go to those schools aren't qualified, but I think there are so many people who are also qualified that like it is somewhat arbitrary at a certain point. Mm-hmm. I think for me personally, when I open my decision letters, I, instead of knowing or thinking that I had worked hard for the past four years and I did the best I could, I remember feeling this very like poignant sense of regret after I opened the, those decision letters and like trying to reevaluate exactly what I did and like what I might have done wrong when I opened those letters. I immediately thought that like I hadn't done enough and like I was thinking what I could have done what more could I have done to mm-hmm. have gotten in instead of feeling like I put my best foot forward I felt like there were so many other things that I could have done to get in and I didn't do them and I think that's what like initiated this like cycle of self-loathing and like and feeling bad about like my high school experience when really like I had a great time in high school and I did things that I liked so. And I definitely remember feeling a lot of bitterness like I honestly had expected to get into like one like up there school like maybe even a few I was like you know I think I'll get into one maybe I'll have some choice in it and there was like we said definitely a lot of entitlement um, coming from being on the IB program and being told that you're special your whole life so I I always thought that it would like work out for me and I'd automatically end up where I wanted to be I mean like going with the entitlement I think my entitlement presented itself in different ways because I remember in maybe like sophomore and junior year of high school my parents sat me down and they were like we can't afford to send you to a top school like you're probably going to go to UMB unless you can get like a scholarship somewhere else and I remember feeling so upset and so bitter towards them because I felt like I deserved to go to a top school, which like, I don't know, like that's so entitled and like asking my parents to pay like $70,000 a year when like they couldn't afford to do that was like not fair on my part. But like, I remember having like so many breakdowns about this and like being upset. And I don't think I even fully accepted that I was going to UMD until I was at UMD. Like that's how long (laughs) it took for me to get over that. But like, I remember crying one night and thinking like, my intelligence will be judged by like the college I went to for the rest of my life. And I didn't really even have a choice in this because it was financial and like people won't think about the situational factors. Mm-hmm. And like what you said a while back about, you know, after all these decisions came out and everyone else seemed so like validated and so satisfied with their high school experience, there was definitely so much comparison going on. Like, and a large part of it, like, was self-inflicted, you know, it was me comparing myself to others and thinking that they're looking down on me for going to UMD, maybe even if they weren't. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things I remember was that, like, everyone was talking about what colleges they were going to, and they were also excited, and, like, you know, I was, I was not that hyped to come to UMD. And I remember I saw one of my friends, Finsta posts. Um, and they were complaining about how tired they were from traveling so much that week to go visit all the colleges they had gotten into, like, you know, to try to, like, flesh out their decision, and I got so salty. I was like, imagine being able to travel, right, and it was, the comparison wasn't there until I made it, so it was definitely very self-inflicted as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, like, seeing everyone else so happy about going to all these top schools when I was 
very disappointed, honestly, about going to UMD. It was not, not the best moment in my life. Mm -hmm. I remember talking to a friend who also goes to UMD now, but she was like, I see all these people with their school pride and I can't imagine being proud of my school. Like, right. And like, that was just purely rooted in the name. And like, I even remember in like, maybe like sophomore year, we were watching like the senior class that year get into college and someone posted like a picture of them like at UMD being like, I'm excited to go here. And another friend like made a comment, like, I can't imagine being that excited to go there. And I feel like it's like these like consistent things of people being like, UMD is lesser and like whatever. But then like afterwards, they were all like, oh, UMD is a great school. You'll be happy there. But they were also going to top tier schools. So it yeah. like, didn't feel like Authentic. real from them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember, yeah, like you said, we were watching the class above us go to school. I remember I knew someone who only applied to UMD. And I didn't like say anything like outright, but you know, I was kind of like, why would you not try to go anywhere else? Like, why would you just settle, you know, without even, without even trying? Um, yeah, so, and then another friend who's coming to UMD next year as a rising fresh, freshman messaged me and they were like, yeah, I'm stuck in this like disappointment about going to UMD. And I know you struggled a lot with that last year. Like, do you have any advice? And I felt really bad because, you know, I, I know exactly what that was like. Um, but I honestly think that like, no matter what other people say, you, you can't escape that mindset until you get to UMD and you see for yourself that like, you're going to be perfectly fine. Like, it's not a big deal at all. It's a-okay, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, it's interesting that we all talk about like, how we all feel the sense of inferiority when like, I think in most cases, it wasn't that explicit. But I actually did have like one instance where like someone like actively made me feel like lesser. So over the summer last year, I went to Jane Street, which is a quantitative trading firm. I don't even know what that means, to be honest. <laughs> but they were having a visitation day for women in STEM. They bring in a bunch of rising college freshmen, like females, to like introduce them to the company and try to bring more of them in. And I remember like, so on the first day when I got there, they were like giving out name tags and I got there really early. So she was like, oh, I haven't laid them out yet. You should just go through the box. And like, as I was flipping through that box, like every single name tag had like a top school on it. Like, I think there are like 20 Harvards alone and there were only like 80 people there. And I remember like that night at dinner, I was talking to a girl who was going to Brown and she was like, what school are you going to? And I said, UMD. And she was like, oh. And then she turned to my friend who I also went with. She was like, what school do you go to? And I was like, Berkeley. And she went, oh my God, I love Berkeley. Mm -hmm. And like in that moment, I think like all of my insecurities and like everything that I had like perceived other people like looking down on me, like it was suddenly like validating every single like negative feeling that I had. And like that night I went back to the hotel room and like, I just like cried. And I think that was the moment when I like really had to confront like all of these toxic mindsets, like mm -hmm. in the moment when it became real because someone else like, did that to me mm. yeah that does suck yeah I think when I was also dealing with this so my sister as we talked about in like the last episode alone she's always been there for me through these like very difficult emotional times so when it came time for her to support me emotionally through this like my sister goes to Princeton she got into like really good schools when she applied to college and it was difficult to take her support to heart because she was coming from a place of what I saw as like privilege, you know, going to such a good school. And it was really difficult to have my main support system be that like shaky and difficult mm -hmm. to, to take. So I, I feel that for sure, especially in relation to what we were saying about how a lot of it is self-inflicted, but sometimes it permeates in ways that you didn't, you don't expect to, to have to deal with. Mm -hmm. And even when we got to UMD, like, it did take a bit of adjusting to, you know, get used to it, because I know I definitely still came in kind of looking down on myself for the fact that I was at UMD and not some, you know, top tier school. And I feel like at UMD, within certain groups of people, within certain personalities, there is still that, that prestige culture. And I feel like it kind of manifests itself in, like, trying to do the most in order to compensate for the fact that we're at UMD and not some prestigious school, right? And mm -hmm. You know, I'm guilty of that as well. When I first 
like got into UMD and I was decided to come here like my parents were like one of the benefits to going to UMD is being a big fish in a small pond Mm -hmm. and I feel like I really internalized that and now it's like I have to take advantage of every opportunity I can get because like that helps to make up for the fact that I'm not going to like a prestigious school and even it's it's also in the small things like saying that a class was super easy when you know that people are struggling in it it's like the small things that that feed those um, those mentalities, even though you 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 think that you're moving away from it, like you do small things to make sure that th- that mentality is satiated in a way, which is really unhealthy. And I think it it definitely manifested at UMD, like the whole prestige culture, as Callie was saying, in in different ways. Mm-hmm. And there's still a lot of like feeling of inferiority. Like it's it's like this you're bouncing back and forth between feelings of like superiority and inferiority you know so like what you're talking about like low-key flow class is super easy Um, but I feel like that also for me at least kind of manifested itself into feelings of inferiority because you know the classes I were taking were easy for me and I felt like I wasn't being challenged enough and I was like maybe this is just a product of me being at UMD and if I was at some other school, I would be a lot more challenged and I'd be learning a lot more. My quality of education would be better. And that does come up from a lot of like, you know, always being in the, the most advanced math class, always being in the special program, you know, where you're told that everything else you're doing is more challenging and more rigorous and more difficult than, than others. Um, so, yeah, I feel like, I don't know, it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. I think even now, like, sometimes, you know, like, this is definitely something I'm trying to combat, but, like, sometimes I still wonder, like, would I be happier at, like, a better school, but, like, better as in, like, more prestigious, and, like, Mm -hmm. like you said, like, would my education be better, like, would I be better equipped for whatever I'm doing after this? Mm -hmm. And it's, like, that idea of would you be happier at a better school, I feel like for a long time I tied my happiness, or I kind of still do, tie my happiness to a sense of accomplishment right and maybe going to a good school would make me feel happier but is that like real happiness or real joy or is that just what I've decided to conflate accomplishment with happiness and that's the product of that so it's it's a question (laughs) sorry sorry for interrupting go ahead um but I honestly feel like I'm very glad that I ended up at UMD because I feel like if I had gone to some top tier school I would have or some some prestigious school I I keep saying top tier as in like UMD is not top tier which is again just showing how internalized and normalized this mindset is but if I had gone to like some more prestigious school um, I feel like I would still be caught in that culture you know where everyone's competing and everyone's trying to do the most whereas now I definitely feel a lot more balanced and I feel more distant from that culture even though it's still there Um, So I feel like coming to UMD and realizing that I would be perfectly fine, I can find just as many opportunities, I can get whatever I want, you know, and it it doesn't really become a reality until you get there. Mm. So like, even if other people who had gone to UMD were like, oh my god, UMD is such a great school, you're gonna love it. Like, I didn't believe it until I got there, you know. Mm. Yeah, and even at UMD, I, even though I feel like we're more distant from prestige culture. It's definitely still there. And for me, I think one of the main ways it's manifested itself is in my like insecurity with being a business major, you know, and I'm always surrounded by STEM kids, um, whether it's in Gemstone or just being around a lot of Asian Americans within my social group within TASA. And, you know, I've always grown up with a feeling that like STEM was superior to humanities. Like, For example, um, when we were applying to magnet middle schools like Tacoma, which was the more STEM oriented one, was seen as superior to Eastern, which was with a more humanities focused one. I'm sorry, Clarissa. I take offense (laughs) to that. I got it to both and I chose Eastern, the superior middle school. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's also definitely a lot of like negative stereotypes around business kids, um, which is like you know, business kids are like lazy and they have like such an easy major. They don't have classes on Fridays and they just, all they do is talk to people. And, you know, I just don't like having those associations tied to me because like, you know, I know I work hard and I don't want to be seen as lazy, but also because 
like that kind of like just shows how much I care about my image, you know, and how much I want to be validated for my efforts, which in a sense, it's like, it's okay. Cause you know, in some sense, that's a valid concern. Um, but like, it's also just shows how much, you know, how much I compare myself to others and how, how valuable my reputation is to me and wanting to be seen as like the best of the best, you know? Um, and I, I feel like I still, in some sense, do base my self-worth off my resume. And I remember a few episodes ago when we were talking about like our goals for next semester, I was listing off all these different extracurriculars that I was excited to do. And, you know, on one hand, like, I'm very proud of the fact that I've managed to find things that I'm actually passionate about. But on the other hand, there's definitely some like ego being fed by doing all these different things. It's like I'm back in high school again where everyone's trying to do everything. Um, so yeah, I think th that that ego is still definitely there. Um, and a while ago I was talking to Anthony and he was like, yeah, sometimes I feel like you're unconsciously looking down on me because you have like this government internship this summer and um, all I'm doing is like taking a summer class and making music. and you know, when, when I, when he would tell me about his day, I'd be like, oh, that's cool. And then I'd like go on about like my super fancy internship and everything. And that was definitely like a waking up moment. Like I was called out and I needed to be called out because I, that means I'm still like comparing myself to others in order to boost my ego, you know, so I'm still very much stuck in this mindset. And I feel like even for people at other schools who are going to top schools, like it's hard to get out of this mindset because mm -hmm. if your self-esteem is constantly being boosted by the school you go to, it's really hard to reject that mindset because yeah. it's such like a nice self-esteem boost like at RM. And like, I know that if I had gone to like a top tier school or a more prestigious school, we should refer to it that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, it would like, I wouldn't have been able to step outside this mindset. Mm -hmm. God, and this idea of like building an image and a reputation for yourself, like that's so rooted in being super concerned with the way other people see you. And I think that this just like extends beyond academics too, like in your personal life or in your social life, like who can be more interesting? And I feel like even in like social, the sphere of social media and LinkedIn, gosh, like, Honestly, honestly, LinkedIn is the worst. Like, yeah, I, I, I scroll through the posts and they're just so like obnoxious. It's just, ugh, just everyone just trying to flex their own ego, you know? Yeah. It's, and, and the ugh. scary thing was, was people sharing about their passions and their interests. Like there came a point, I think in my life where every time I saw someone doing something, I always thought that they had some sort of ulterior motive for it. Like they didn't really do it because they were like purely passionate about it or it brought them joy they did it because they wanted to get into a school or build their resume and it made me feel like you couldn't do anything without having that motive behind it and I think that that became really unhealthy um I had this conversation with my sister on Friday where I was I was just like struggling with this a lot and she said take note personally of every time you find yourself comparing yourself to someone else or um like you know retreating back into these mindsets and in the past weekend over the course of like Saturday and Sunday we're recording this episode on Tuesday um I was scared by how many times I did that even subconsciously like I'd be doing it and then I'd, I'd remind myself like you're not supposed to be doing this I think that it's just like goes to show that this mindset can take over any aspect of your life it goes beyond like just the school that you go to or the extracurriculars you take part in so yeah and like I feel like if I try to do that same thing like take note of every time I compare myself to others I don't I don't know if I could because I feel like every time I do it's like subconscious or it's like um that comparison manifesting itself in another way so it's not like direct comparison you know what I mean mm. so I, I again I think that just goes to show how like normalized and ingrained this mentality is mm -hmm. I talked about this in another episode but like I kind of have swings where I like I'll, I'll take on too much and then I'll be upset about that but then I'll like swing back to like I'm not doing enough I'm falling behind everyone else and like this like relates to what you were saying because like when I came into college like I swore like 
I would only do things if I genuinely wanted to do them. And like, I wouldn't let these ulterior motives affect uh, what I was doing and what I enjoyed because I would actually want to explore like me and like what I liked. But honestly, I kind of still find myself in like the same cycle. Like I found that I have trouble giving up opportunities. Like if I see someone <laughs> advertising like, apply for this leadership position. Like I have strong urges to apply for that leadership <laughs> position, even if I don't care about that club. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, like that's a leadership position I could have and like I'm giving up, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that is still these like high school, middle school, I don't know, magnet program mindsets mm -hmm. that are still manifesting themselves today. Mm -hmm. And kind of like what you said a few episodes ago, I was talking about how I like thrive when I'm busy, like I'm busy and I'm stressed, but I'm like living my best life. And um, in some sense, like maybe that's just my personality. Like I like to be busy, but definitely in high school, like being productive was like part of my personality. Like I would want, I would feel the pressure to be productive, like 24 seven. And I would feel a lot of shame or I would feel really gross if I wasn't productive or like if I, if I slept in past like 10 AM, I'd be like the whole day is wasted. Like everything sucks. Um, but it was also a very like narrow definition of productive. So for me, it was anything that was related to like school or violin. So things like cleaning or baking or like self-care time would be seen as like a waste of time. And that was also definitely very like focused on those two things because they were the things that were going to get me into college. Right. So anything else outside of that was like unnecessary. Um, and, you know, I still kind of find myself in that mentality, like, um, for example, over winter break or spring break where we didn't have school and I didn't have an internship or like anything to do, you know, I felt very pointless and lost. And like, I had a lot of time to do the things that I enjoyed and take care of myself and explore some of my hobbies, but those didn't seem like worthwhile uses of my time. So during those few periods of like, during those few periods, I definitely felt very aimless in, in the bigger picture. Um, you know, and it's, I think, I'm getting better with addressing that mentality and I'm it's like expanding my definition of productivity but I still feel gross if I'm not like productive enough you know mm -hmm. this is something I've like definitely been struggling with this summer because the pandemic like ruined a lot of my plans and like I constantly mm -hmm. feel like I'm not doing enough or like you know really anything at all and like especially when I talk to like you guys because you both have internships and you're both like doing stuff this summer I don't know like I, like I am spending the time on myself and like enjoying myself and like relaxation mm -hmm. is important in its own way but like I find myself feeling guilty for taking that time yeah and feeling like it's like wasteful or not worthwhile in some way mm -hmm. and we're always such in this and we're always in this like go 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 culture like mindless racing you know so it's very like I don't know what to do with myself when I'm not running you know towards whatever the end goal is you know yeah like, I feel like it's almost like a scarcity mindset, but like with regards to time, like I only have limited time, so I must use every second of every day and like every block of time I can ever get because like, mm -hmm. otherwise when I get to the finish line, you know, like I won't get as like, I won't be as uh, successful as I would have wanted to be. Mm -hmm. But like, I don't know, it's not like high school where there's like a definite end, like we're in like <laughs> life now, you know, like. <laughs> Almost, almost there. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we've talked a lot about how we've been struggling with this idea of prestige culture, but let's transition now a little bit into how we've been dealing with or trying to overcome these mentalities. Um, so for me, I think that like coming to UMD has definitely kind of helped me wake up and like see the matrix, you know, and like step out of this mentality, even though it's still very much deeply rooted in me. I'm starting to like pull it out, you know, like um, stepping out of that RMIB magnet school, like your special kind of environment, being placed in this big pool where, you know, you're like quote unquote normal again um, has definitely helped me like, or it's definitely forced me to confront a lot of these, these thoughts and these mentalities. Um, but I'm honestly, quite proud that I've like come to UMD and I've started like academically figuring out what I'm passionate about and I'm um, like what I said earlier about finding extracurriculars that I was doing because I was passionate about it um, that's definitely something that 
I wouldn't have done in high school. Um, and I'm also finding a lot more balance in my life. Like how I was talking about in high school, I was like always productive, like had to wake up at 9 a.m. on the weekends to get as much work done as possible. Um, but I'm definitely a lot more active socially now. And I'm like learning to take care of myself. And even though I still haven't lost like my academic drive, I'm also finding a lot of joy in other things and not being solely focused on academics. That's something that I'm really grateful for, especially at UMD, um, because I, I honestly think that if I went to an Ivy school or another prestigious college, I don't know if I would have found these passions and these this balance because I still feel like I would be stuck in that very competitive culture, you know, where everyone's trying to do everything. Yeah, I definitely feel like coming to UMD helped me get outside or somewhat outside, start yeah. to get outside <laughs> of like this prestige culture mindset. And I think I said this a little earlier, but like coming to UMD, like because I had to confront like why I was looking down on myself, like suddenly like I realized that these mindsets were there and like they were ingrained and that I needed to deal with them because they were making me unhappy. And I think like a part of me, like even like beyond like dealing with my own beliefs and how I subconsciously judge myself, a part of me thinks like, what's the point of doing this? And like, that's the part of me that's still embedded in prestige culture. But like that part thinks like, even if I change my mindsets, like other people will still judge me by that mindset because they're still in that culture. And like, they haven't had the experience of going to UMD and being able to get outside of that. And like, I don't like know how to deal with that. But also, I think that's also rooted in me caring about what other people think. And I need to work on it for myself and not for them. I need to work on it because it'll make me happier. Mm -hmm. You know, like through in the middle of freshman year, I was like very, very strongly considering trying to transfer out. Um, and I was definitely like running away from my problems. I was, I was not very happy at UMD. Um, and I was like, if I go to some other school, I'm going to like start over and start fresh and I'll be happier. Um, and again, that was also because you know, I wouldn't be stuck with just looking down on myself because I was at UMD. Um, but, you know, I, I figured out that I didn't have, like, a good reason to go to another school. There wasn't any, like, special program or major that I was trying to get into. Um, so, you know, I'm honestly glad that I stuck it out at UMD because I, I'm kind of loving it here. I'm, like, thriving a little bit, you know? I definitely feel what Clarissa was saying about how there is like a lot of work to be done for myself because mm -hmm. I know inherently what's wrong with this mindset and I can articulate it. Um, but ultimately it's definitely more difficult to actualize the changes that you talk about. And I think mm -hmm. it's been a struggle, especially in the past few weeks, I've seen myself struggle with this a little bit and I feel like I just have to be patient with it because changing the way you see yourself and the way you see other people can take a lot of time and effort. Um, especially when you thought a certain way and approached the world a certain way for such a long time. Um, I think I've started with small changes. I started journaling in the past week, which has been really helpful. Yeah, whenever I, yeah I know. Because <laughs> whenever I feel like bad about myself or I feel that sense of self-loathing sort of returning, I just write it down, jot it down, and then I return to it when I'm a little more clear-headed. <laughs> and then I also deleted my Instagram. So that's been interesting because I think in I've, I've been trying to I've been talking to my friend about this but Marie Kondo my life so like taking every aspect of my life and putting it under that you know microscope of does it bring you joy or does it not and for me I like that my yeah my my personal Instagram was was just like not doing anything good for me um in any way and I couldn't justify having it um except for the fact that like it would allow me to continue to feed these mindsets that I'm trying to get away from. So mm -hmm. I say it's temporary, but we'll see how, um, how it goes. Um, at least for a month, I think I'm going to stay off of it and see what happens. So yeah, that's where I am right now. I like that. Um, yeah, I feel for me, like, I, I'm very aware that um, I'm still there are these still these seeds of prestige culture like rooted within me um, and they do like come out and manifest themselves in different ways um, but I think for me it's kind of tricky to figure out like like I said before because I'm 
I feel like I'm on a very good trajectory with like my academics and my extracurriculars. Um, and part of it is because I'm starting to find things that I'm passionate about. But like you said, I'm not entirely sure if I'm conflating that happiness with like this idea, this very predefined idea of success. So I think like it's kind of hard for me to differentiate between what I'm truly passionate about and what's sparking joy for the wrong reasons, you know. So there's definitely still a lot of like analyzing and thinking to do. And like going off of that, like, you know, like this predefined idea of success, like I feel like I'm still kind of stuck in that mindset. But like, I think one another, I think another good thing about going to UMD is that you meet a lot of people from a lot of different backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them are outside of this bubble of like magnet schools and IVs. And like, to some extent, even like the bubble of like MoCo, you know, like the prestige <laughs> culture in like Montgomery County itself. Mm -hmm. But like, I don't know, not everyone are like, they're like as ambitious as IB students or like as ambitious in the same way, you know? And it's, mm -hmm. that's okay because like there are different forms of success. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in high school, like the only form of success we are taught is like you go through like your magnet school, high school, you get into like an Ivy League college and then you get a job at like Google. And like that is like the only <laughs> thing. And your LinkedIn profile acceptable. and your LinkedIn profile is immaculate. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about how people say if tomorrow you are stripped of all of your accolades, all of your accomplishments, all of your extracurricular activities and things that are sort of like tied to you, what would you have to show for yourself? And I realized uh, a lot of my self-worth was like attached to these to these accomplishments and to these like superficial achievements. And like, mm -hmm. when I talk about myself, like I talk about myself in terms of my accomplishments, not really who I am as a person without them. So I think it's gonna take a while, but I keep telling myself that this initial purging is like the worst part and it'll get better, um, which I, I hope for, I'm gonna stick it out and we'll see what happens, so. Mm -hmm. So as we talked about in this episode, these mindsets of prestige culture have been pretty deeply rooted uh -huh. for a long time. And you know, they still are, but we're all very actively working on digging out these weeds so that we can grow and blossom like little plants, <laughs> little buds. That was chalk block full of plant puns. <laughs> um, so thank you guys for listening and see you next week. Bye. Bye guys. Bye.